Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Bacon Wire podcast. On today's episode, we talked about Mel Tucker's hiring of Saeed Khalif away from Wisconsin, talked about the times of kickoffs that have been released for six of the first seven games of the upcoming 2021 season, talked a little college basketball, and then Lucas and I talked about the Avengers and how great it is that the theaters are back. Stay tuned. Here's Sparring Dog 97. Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. When I'm not pimping insurance and doxing myself on Twitter, I'm Spartan Dog 97. Lucas, what's going on? Oh, nothing. Just blowing the hell out of my nose. I got allergies like no one's fucking business. This shit sucks. But other than that, we're doing pretty good. You know, my I have allergies too, Ugh. but I noticed <clears throat> that my allergies are particularly bad going from winter to spring and from summer to fall yeah mine will get worse like just the last couple days you mean i guess it doesn't help when you mow a lawn and dusty i've been mowing my mom's lawn and i sneeze like probably 30 40 times it was just awful that might be part of it but yeah like you know it's 50 degrees on friday and it's going to be 90 in a couple days so it's gonna be fun i can't wait yeah so uh you know we took a week off just to kind of just to kind of see where the chips fell. And uh, we have been blessed with uh, with some great news. Um, Tuck, Tuck has indeed come. Uh, Tuck has come. He came, he came to Madison. Um, lots of coming going on in Madison. Uh, if you know, you know. And he took... Wisconsin player of personnel, Saeed Khalif, and he brought him back to East Lansing. Huge. Um, huge. Huge. Uh, uh, Scott Aligo, who was Michigan State's player of personnel, um, went home to Kansas. And I, I don't think there could have been a better hire for a position that is becoming more and more important to college football, major college football, than um, Saeed Khalif. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy brought in the this guy brought in a 16th rate class at Wisconsin. That's that's a big fucking deal, and we're not t- like 16th rate class overall. Like, you know, like it's they're fun. gonna get they're gonna get top five linemen. They're gonna get top ten running backs. But the fact they got enough enough guys in the other positions to be able to be ranked that highly is is a testament to Khalif's experience and his skill as a recruiter and a talent evaluator. And I this this is probably the best hire Mel Tucker has made um, since Scotty Hazelton as defensive coordinator. I'm with you. I'm, I read up on it while I had some downtime today and I'm, you feel a little more excited about where this program is going, you know, and Mel Tucker may, I don't think he's going to leave MSU anytime soon. Now I could be wrong, but this type of hire shows that he's in it for the long haul. If he wants to build this program and we're not going to become the Alabama of the North, but he's going to try. And if Khalif can pull top, 20 average classes at Wisconsin 
I think we could aim a little higher at Michigan State. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if we can get there, who knows what happens next? And man, I'm I'm really, really, really fucking happy with it. It like I was going to say, if you didn't, it was the best hire since Hazelton, hands down. Yeah, love it. So, um, you know, I'm very excited for how this guy, and it couldn't have come at a better time because. Uh, for the first time in in 15 months, uh, recruits can visit campuses now. Yeah, like today, um, right? Yeah, June 1st was the first day since since the pandemic started that recruits are able to take official campus visits. Um, we had talked to recruits in the past, like Kevin Wingington who had took unofficial visits and all they did was basically just walk around campus. Right. Um, But now, um, you know, Queen Lisa B and Darian and Saeed Khalif and the staff are going to be able to meet these guys face to face. And, you know, I'm not, you know, like you said, Lucas, Alabama, the North, I think is a little far off. Yeah. But, but I think Tucker wants that. Yeah, no, like you can definitely see the, <clears throat> um, you can definitely see the, you can definitely see the groundwork being laid, right? Mm-hmm. And that combined with the Ashiba money that is going towards a new football, uh, updated football facilities, and you know the pissing contest that created with Gilbert and Quick and Rocket Mortgage. Uh, shout out to Michigan State University basketball. Sh- presented by Quicken, uh, presented by Rocket Mortgage. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, Tucker obviously see, he's a smart guy. You know, he sees where the future of the sport is going. He sees that it's not good enough to like hire your friends and let them do whatever the fuck you want while you just kind of chill out. You know, he's, he's actively, he, he actively wants to be in contention for the big 10 East for the conference, for a college football playoff spot for new year, six bowls. Right. Mm -hmm. He's not resting on his laurels. No, definitely not. And he's not going to be afraid to go get those four and five star guys from, from talent rich States like Texas and Florida. And he's going to chase those guys. He might not get them, but if we're, if we're in the hunt for a lot of those guys, it's going to pay dividends down the line. Like, you know, D'Antonio at the beginning was trying to get in on those four and five star guys. And I think the first big one was Willie Golson. Um, that was, I think 2009, he committed. I think he was class of 2010. That was the first one where you're like, Oh shit. And then I remember Lawrence Taylor was, I think maybe one of the first five stars he or only five stars he pulled in or as, you know, and then after that, he just kind of rested on, oh, well, we can turn a three-star into a pro player. But, I mean, Tucker's doing that with the transfer portal, but this is like, okay, people love what he did with the transfer portal. We were all wondering, okay, what's he going to do with actual recruiting? And this is his answer, and it's a great answer. It's If you're a fan, feel good. Feel very, very good. Yeah, this for, for this position – there is not a single there is not a single guy out there in NCAA football that could have been a better hire than Saeed Khalif. No. It it 
it is it is probably the most impressive. It, like like I said, it is probably Tucker's most impressive coup um, since hiring Scotty Hazelton as his defensive coordinator. Right. Like we um, tried to get Steve Klink scale a couple times, and he kept saying no. And it feels good to have a pretty big win like this. Yeah. No. Definitely. And you know, like I said, with recruits being able to come to campus for the first time in in you know over a year uh, over a year. It, it, it's going to, a, a storms are brewing. Tuck is coming. Uh, yep, Tuck, Tuck is going to come. Tuck do be coming. <laughs> um, so let's, let's stick with football news, Lucas. Uh, the, the time, the kickoff times for the first six games of the season um, have been announced. Um, or at least six of the first games. I have to look at the entire schedule because I believe there is a game missing between my. Uh, and I've got it pulled up. So I don't know if that's a game that is waiting to be flexed, but half of them are missing. Yeah. I know the latter half is missing. Is there a game between Miami and Western Kentucky? I can't remember. Nebraska. That's, that's a flex. Okay. So Nebraska, Nebraska's time is still to be determined. Right. It might, I think it's probably going to depend on, I guess MSU's record more than Nebraska. Okay. So yeah. You know what I mean? I I think so. If MSU Strino coming off a win against, a probably ranked Miami team, then they're going to want to put that at like a three thirty or a night game. Right. So, um, you know, six of the first seven games, um, we start the season Friday night in Evanston at 9 PM. Uh, that's, that's going to, you know, hmm. I hate playing. I hate when Michigan state plays at Evanston, nothing good ever happens when Michigan state plays at Evanston. That 2017 game still haunts me. Uh, the 20, the, there was a game that was the three overtime game, right? Three overtime where Lewerke balled out, but he threw, he was tired. The whole crew was, he, he threw a bad pick to end overtime or he threw it way out of bounds, but yeah. And that's where uh, MSU was up seven, nothing early and Cody white fumbled the ball he was walking in to go up 14, nothing. I do remember that. That would have put the game away pretty early. Yeah, I do remember that. That was an agonizing day, but they won in 2019, but it didn't feel Northwestern is either really shitty or they're pretty good. And that was when Northwestern was really shitty. Yeah. And that was D'Antonio's record breaking win, which was nice to have a, a blowout, but I don't know what to think of this game. Like I want, it's it's a year where Northwestern is really shitty, so or supposed to be, but I know they got a couple of good players in the transfer portal. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's I, gonna I don't be know what to think. It's gonna be interesting. They did get um they did get the quarterback from uh Indiana. Yeah. The guy who wore number twenty one. Uh I forget his name. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Okay. Twenty one uh no, not Richard Bagow. Maybe maybe that maybe that was older. Uh, who did? Whatever. But they did the guy who Marcus Penix who uh, Marcus Penix replaced Ryan Holinsky. Yeah. No. That's not. Whatever. Um, but they do have a. They did get a couple good guys in the portal. I do believe they have some guys returning. Um, so that's going to be you know. This Michigan State team, granted, their their off season's gonna be uh normal. 
they're 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 having a normal off season, so that'll be nice. Uh, we talked about it a little earlier. Like the the strength and conditioning results from some of the players have been fucking wild. Mm-hmm. So it'll be cool to get some of these more portal guys into the mix. Some of the twenty twenty one recruits into the mix. The guys that we've talked to, um, you know, when they come to campus, that'll be dope. Um, and you know. Mm-hmm we'll, we'll see how we'll see the, we'll see how the offense looks, I guess, you know, it'll answer a lot of questions. Uh, it can't, can't get worse than last year. If it does, then. then yeah. There's, uh, there's, there's, we've got problems, people. Zanjo's going to, Zanjo's going to bust a blood vessel. If, if it gets worse than last year, it's going to be one series in and they fumble the ball and he's going to be like, all right, I'm serious. Tucker's gone. Yeah. We need a fire Tucker. Uh, and then uh, the the Youngstown State game, which has the distinct honor of being the first annual Bacon Wire uh, Bacon Wire tailgate and hash brown jamboree. <laughs> Youngstown hash State buffet. hash brown buffet. There will be a hash brown eating contest. Um, I don't expect Brett to participate. I won't. I quit fries, so I, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll be the judge. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll have hash browns. We'll have McDonald's hash browns. We'll have your traditional hash browns. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna experiment, make a corned beef hash. Hmm. You know, really, really go all out. Um, uh, that that game's gonna be awesome because obviously we're gonna be back, and it's gonna be, I'm pretty sure, normal. Um, and that's the first game that fans have been in for a you know what uh, eight twenty one months, yeah, twenty two months. So it's 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 Youngstown State, but it's going to sell out as soon as tickets go on sale. It's all gone. Absolutely, I can't wait. And then um, you know um, September eighteenth, we go down to um, Miami. Uh, you know, I. I, I'm going to pencil that as a loss right now, but Miami's so Jekyll and Hyde under um, Manny Diaz. I want to see how good De'Aaron King looks because he's coming off of an ACL injury. So, and, and playing at noon, I think, is better than night because Miami, you don't sleep until like five or six in the morning. So it's going to be a pretty s- sleepy crowd. I mean, yeah, gonna, I mean, the crowd, they're not, not going to be as high energy as they would be if it were like a night game on ABC. Right. You know, when everyone, you know, everyone's Coke plug is sleeping, yep. they're not going to be able to kind of wake up. Um, <laughs> and then I'm alluding to, but yeah, uh, the, the Nebraska game still up in the air. Um, you know, there's no time announced for that one. I'm they're, I they're probably hoping Nebraska is good too at that point. Yeah. Um, everyone hopes Nebraska is good. I don't understand it. Uh, homecoming against homecoming against Western Kentucky is going to be at seven thirty. That's a great choice to have homecoming at night. I love yep. that. I love it. Um, next week in Piss Cat Piss Cataway, we get our revenge. Uh, we get our revenge on Greg Schiano and Butkers. Well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Seattle's yeah. been doing pretty good in the transfer portal. So well, so is Mel. So we'll, yeah, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll be fine. We'll be yeah. good. We'll be good. Then another revenge game. Then on the sixteenth against uh, Forks Down. Yeah, against um, Indiana. 
So we'll see how that shakes out. Um, obviously, you know, um, ACL injuries aren't what they used to be just with the advancements in medicine and therapy, the way that people are able to recover from, from these kind of injuries are, um, would be great. Right. So, um, you know, we'll see where, we'll see how, uh, Marcus Penix recovers. Um, cause God and, damn, he was fun to watch last year. Yeah. Even though Tom Allen's a douchebag, I think Penix was really fun. Tom Allen is a douchebag. You know, um, I've been thinking, and I think I have the perfect analogy for for Tom Allen. Uh, Tom Allen is is the over-involved step-parent that agrees to coach the flag football team because he made a ton of – because he got hit by a bus when he was 26 – and got a rich enough settlement to where he doesn't have to work anymore. <laughs> so he just like puts all his time and energy into his stepkids. <laughs> That's a pretty good way to put it. You know, just like uh, <laughs> he's like uh, in the Wolf Farrow classic daddy's home. He's like Brad. <laughs> he's like a more annoying Brad. oh (laughs) he tries too hard that that's the try hard yeah he's a he's like if a theater kid grew up to be a football coach you know he's always got to show the work (laughs) oh all that makes me think of when i i just brought that up just now it made me think of the high school musical episode of south park with with the dad i'm not going to do the voice because i'm not going to say the name because even though it's not what it sounds like it is too close yeah um you know i slap 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 you i slap it as slap yeah i'm slap happy um (laughs) i'm not going to do the voice Uh, oh but yeah when he goes to the basketball game uh hey hey exactly that's exactly what it was like Tommy Allen was a theater kid who went to a football game and was like this is camp this is high camp I love it I dig it yes Queen Slay and is now and is now all over it uh we got we could talk basketball next and then go on other stuff I mean there was some basketball news while we were gone yeah um yeah I mean we expected it I mean Rocket Watts yeah, Rocket, Rocket's gone. I think we talked about it on our last episode. Oh, we might have. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. Oh well. But um, good luck to him. Yeah, good luck to Rocket. Like we said. Yep. <sighs> so yeah. Um, otherwise, from, not much to report from basketball. And from what um, our insider friends are saying it doesn't look like we're going to be pursuing anybody for the open spots just yet. So that's going to be interesting. I mean, there's depth still, but um, that'll be something to, to keep an eye on for now. I would like another wing personally. Yeah. Or a big, I wouldn't mind another big. Well, or, it's just going to steal time away from Julius Marbles development. Right. So like a guard. Yeah. Like another wing or a guard. I would be fine with that. I would like a stretch. I would like a stretch three. Yeah. That, that works. I would like a ball handling three. 
I I don't know where you get him. I don't know who's in the portal right now that fits that description. Yeah, I don't know. But I I would I would settle for a wing, but someone to replace someone to replace Aaron Henry mm-hmm. would be ideal. Yeah, and you know, I have I did see that um, very small snippet of uh, AJ Hogard in the in the gym. You know, developing more of a. I mean, he's still going to the rim a lot, but he he was taking more outside shots, which is a good sign. Again, it's only like a one minute clip, but if he can do that at, you know, a 35 to 40% rate, I think that's pretty serviceable. Yeah. So I mean, that's a, that's a good glimmer of hope. And that is another thing of, they have a full off season to work. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to next year. Yeah. So, you know, um, depth's an issue, but I can't wait for um, scholarship player, Steven Izzo. Oh no. Uh that's going to be fucking awesome. I can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> I would love nothing more than to see Dean um, explode, like in, have his head explode, like in scanners. <laughs> oh, Dean. Oh, I've been blocked by him for every account I make. He just auto blocks me. I'm, I miss him. It was great. Oh, oh well, someday Dean will we'll reconnect. Um, so that's all I got for MSU sports. If there's anything else we missed, then no, I don't, I can't think of anything. Okay. Um, and let's get into our, uh, we're still doing the, uh, MCU rewatch. Yep. Um, and this week was the Avengers, the first Avengers movie. Excuse me, it's called Marvel's The Avengers. Yeah, whatever. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, Marvel's The Avengers, directed by um, Beep, Beep. Big piece of shit. Yeah, directed by a big piece of shit. Um, and you know what? It's not very good. I'll let you go first. Yeah. I don't like, obviously for the time, I think it achieved a lot and I think it laid the groundwork for the MCU going forward. But the, the worst thing about this movie is that it looks like shit. Mm -hmm. It looks like shit. It looks so flat. Plain. Yeah, it looks plain. Like, like the, one of the common criticisms against uh, Marvel, right, is that everything looks like in Atlanta, right? You can tell that 80% of the movie was shot in Atlanta. But this movie, uh, I've seen studio musicals from the 50s that looked more, that have had more dynamic cinematography and sets than this. It, it looked like an extra, it looked like a TV movie. That that's I think that's kind of a recurring problem with a lot of Marvel movies. And I or, think they've gotten good handful. good handful. And I think they've gotten better at it. Yes. And I but and and you're right, like some of Thor when he's in New Mexico kind of looks like that. Civil War. Civil War, a lot of the a lot of the interior 
scenes of Civil War kind of look like that. Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Well, Age of Ultron and Avengers have something in common that I think kind of uh that that kind of contributes to that issue i agree yeah i think we i think i know what you're saying but yeah it just it it looked so boring like it looked boring um and like it's kind of hard right because like for this it's kind of like shitting on the Model T for not being fuel efficient. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, why the fuck can't the Model T do <laughs> zero to 60 in 3.2 seconds? Uh, what's, what's the MPG on this bad boy? Yeah. Uh, slaps roof. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he could fit so many. <laughs> You can fix so many clan hoods in this bad boy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was Ford I family. Was the Ford family is white supremacists. Make themselves alliance. They're white supremacists. They don't deserve to own an NFL team and exploit and exploit black bodies. Make them sell the lions. Make the Ford sell the lions. Okay. I am a Ford owner. I will disclose that. That is all. You do have a pretty blue F-150. Yeah, and a uh, gray uh, lariat too. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I watched it. Uh, I think yeah, two weeks. Yeah, about well, yeah, two weeks ago. Um, I've never been a huge fan of this movie because, well, I was very biased against it because two months later, The Dark Knight Rises was coming out, and I was jealous that it was going to break its records and all that. I was just a dumb fanboy, but. Having watched it again, you know, I watched it on and off throughout the years. You know, like if it's on TNT and there's nothing else on, I'll probably watch it because as I think the movie's not that great, excuse me, I love Robert Downey Jr. And, you know, and Chris Evans is great on screen too. So like when those two are in a movie, probably going to watch it. But it's just so, it's, it's, I mean, Every Marvel movie's by the books. It's cookie cutter for the most part. Um, I think Infinity War bucks the trend, but obviously it's a two-part movie. But it just felt, yeah. I mean, I, it's entertaining to to a point, but it's just like you, you watch and you go, oh, okay. It didn't, doesn't move the needle. Like I'm gonna say, I enjoyed Iron Man three a lot more than this. And I know we're gonna talk about Iron. Yeah! Man. I, my opinion has changed on Iron Man 3. So that's a little teaser into uh, the next discussion. But I, this movie I never cared for from the beginning. I, I've always thought that guy, the director, um, Moss, Moss, uh, Moss Keaton, Moss Keaton was very blah. Like, I know people worship Firefly um, and Serenity. And I never got into them. I never watched them, but I can get why people enjoy them. But I just thought he was kind of a milk toast choice to do these movies. And especially, I'm sure it's one of the biggest regrets Disney has looking back. You know, the guy's threatened to ruin so many female careers and is just a harasser, just a giant piece of shit. And it, I kind of want to know if there are anything behind the scenes of this movie more, more than the actual movie itself, because the movie's fine. I give it like a 75 because it's watchable. 
but it just doesn't push the needle for me. But it's not a horrible movie. It's not one that I'm just going to like, if I'm on Disney Plus, I'm not putting Avengers on unless it was for this to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, be- the best part is I think you can kind of see Tony start growing. You know, it is the beginning of his, one of the true beginnings of his growth as a character, you know, especially since Iron Man 2, you know, we saw like Demon in a Bottle a little bit. And we see a little bit of it in a version in Iron Man 3, which I will talk about when we get to that point. But, you know, it's it's him kind of learning to be part of a team player and being a big picture guy. And I think it, I think it gives Iron Man 3 a lot more brevity, you know, when we talk, again, we talk about that one because I can't stop talking about Iron Man 3 all of a sudden. But <laughs> I know, I've, I've changed. And uh, I like Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. I thought he was a safe choice, but I mean, he's fine. And um, I mean, Jeremy Renner and Hawkeye, okay, he shoots bow and arrow. That's cool. I can't do that, so he can. But I just wish this movie, it just feels like it's a couple big set pieces and that's it. It it doesn't give you a lot of like heart behind it. And that's where, this is where Marvel was starting to lose me. These films were lacking a lot of heart and this was their big tent pole and the big one leading up to the four years of the MCU. Then I was just like, oh, okay, I watched it. It's fine. It's nothing. It's nothing amazing. You know what? Uh, you know what this movie kind of reminded me of, hmm. um, and I think this is going to make a lot of sense to you specifically. Okay. Uh, I I I I thought about this movie a lot in parallel to Force Awakens, hmm. um, where it was you know it was kind of this massive gamble, um, and obviously like. The Force Awakens is the way it is because there needed to be um, some some buyback of credibility, mm-hmm. uh, and I think for the MCU they made a lot of decisions to kind of play it safe with this first Avengers movie so that they can keep everyone on board. Right, because they plan things out years in advance. So they know that if this Avengers movie isn't what people want it, you know, ultimately wanted it to be, then there's no way they're gonna pull off Guardians. There's no way they're gonna pull off Doctor Strange. There's no way they're gonna pull off Black Panther. Right. So like I, I kind of understand why they needed why this movie turned out the way it did. Um, Age of Ultron was just because uh Cass Peaton is just a I think he's I think he's an overrated hack. I mean we could probably say his name and I mean it's not like we're it's not like we're saying we're huge fans of him, you know. Right. I mean I think Joss I think Joss Whedon's kind of, this is this has been my hot take for a while. I think he's a fucking hack. Me too. Um I've I always think, thought it. I think he uh relies too much on John Recommendation. Um and he's like the big bang theory of blockbuster directors. (laughs) That's pretty spot on. Um, and (laughs) I mean, God, could you imagine if he directed, um, 
Avengers three and four. Holy shit, they would they wouldn't be great. No, and but you know, I'm happy. Yeah, um, I think like I I think I but I think he was the only logical choice for for this movie at this time. Right. Um, you know, you did like. Like J.J. Abrams was a no-brainer for episode seven. Like, yeah, you know this. It's very. This movie is very safe. It's played very safe. Its formula is very safe. Um, they don't really push the envelope in any areas. Um, it's it it's turn your brain off entertainment, and you know as much as film Twitter turns their nose up at the MCU. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in IP franchises in general, yeah. Um, I think the MCU has progressed past that, and I think, and I think this kind of it it was getting to the point now where um, the audience was they didn't need to. There was no one else to buy in at that point, and I think they felt like they still needed to needed people to buy in. Right. So, you know, after that, you know, Ultron is Ultron isn't great either, but they do. There is some interesting there is some interesting components in Ultron. Yeah. Um, It like Avengers sets up a fascinating movie in Iron Man 3, which you're dealing with Tony Stark, who is battling PTSD. I mean, that's that's an incredible. I'm not going to go into what I think it is. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that, you know, on our next pod. Cause I really want to talk about that one. And, um, and in Ultron sets up, um, well, you can say WandaVision. Sure. I think it does, you know, much a slow burn, but it also sets up civil war big time. Yeah. Because it's finally like, okay, these guys just fuck shit up all over the, the world who's going to hold them accountable. And then Thunderbolt Ross and Tony are like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta fucking do something. So that, that's the only really cool thing about these movies. Um, and yeah, I, I'm just so thankful the Russo brothers came aboard after this because yeah. God knows what the MCU would have been if Joss Whedon were directing um, three and four. I'm not going to say they'd be called if any war and end game, who knows? Preach brother, preach, preach, yeah. preach. And I mean, Joss Whedon just sucks ass. Like he, you know, obviously a big piece of shit. If you don't know what he's done, read it up. It's pretty disgusting. And, you know, he just completely fucked with the Justice League cut. Um, I don't think that movie's perfect at all, but I watched the Snyder cut and it is infinitely better than what we got in theaters. No, he's he's a hack. I mean, he's a fucking hack. It's a shame we didn't get that in theaters. He's a fucking hack. Um, He is a hack. And Justice League was so... The, the the theatrical cut's not awful, but it's just it's like a thirty out of a hundred. It's like you can watch it, but there's like nothing good about it. And when I watch the Snyder cut, like the first thirty minutes, I'm like, holy fucking shit, this is so good. Like it was just a relief to feel like okay, we're not gonna get like a Justice League movie again for a long time. But like, I was happy that Zack Snyder got to right the wrongs of what Joss Whedon did and say fuck that guy this is the movie you should have seen and it would have been cool if someone got to do this with avengers <laughs> like the russo brothers just step in and go yeah we're gonna take over from here yeah um 
so what were, what were your what were your favorite parts of the Avengers? Like, what are some good parts you thought? Um, I really liked um, I really liked some of the um Cap acclimating stuff. I thought that was pretty good, and I liked that the Russo brothers continued that into into um into Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought. I thought some of the um, group interplay in the beginning was was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, it got a little tiring in the middle there. Like it just got a little too like, okay, like we have to fight now, you know? Right. Um, Tom Hiddleston was fucking awesome. I fucking love Tom Hiddleston. He, he brings it all and Loki's going to fucking rule. I can't wait for fucking Loki. Next, next Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, next Wednesday, Loki's going to fuck. It is gonna fuck so hard. Finally, the the people get what they've wanted. We get Owen Wilson in the MCU. Wow, wow! I cannot wait. Um, and yeah, um, those you know, I I think this is the first movie too where they're like, all right, I for for all of his faults and for all of his hackery and for how big of a piece of shit he is, I think Joss Whedon like was one of the first people to like truly understand the comedic potential of Thor. Hmm. Because I could see that, you know, as serious as he was in this movie, he did have a, he did have, um, he did have a few good quips. Um, He's adopted. Yeah. (laughs) That was funny. That was fucking funny. Um, so what does he say when, uh, when Tony and, and Cap are, t- are shit talking to each other, like you tiny little men in your suits or something. Yeah. Like, just like he knows, like, I can kill both of you. <laughs> like, I can fuck you up. It's too bad Taika didn't get to uh, Thor a little earlier because we might have had a good Thor too. Yeah. Well, you know, what are you going to do? But, we probably wouldn't have gotten, we probably would have got, we probably wouldn't have gotten Thor 4. I think they're just kind of like, which just wrapped today. Yeah. So I can't wait. Um, yeah, I, I like I like the beginning when um, Black Widow is going to find Bruce Banner because I'm one like we said you know I'm one of the five people in the world who like the Hulk movie, um, the Ang Lee one. I don't like the the one that's can't technically can in the MCU. Um, it's fine, and I get why they made it, but um, I did like seeing Bruce Banner again because I think the Hulk's a fascinating character, but. Um, you know, in the beginning is like when Loki gets the test rack, like it is pretty good. Like that, that all that stuff's good. Like when he's hypnotizing Dr. Selvig and then uh, Hawkeye, I think that's pretty good. But then, yeah, like the fighting just becomes so, okay, they're, they're fighting, they're killing people. And I think the worst line in the movie is when Tony is, is bringing that big Chitari monster to the, to the gang. And Natasha goes, that's not a party. Like I just was like, is that are we supposed to laugh at that line? That just felt like they could have written a better line for her. They could have wrote a better line for for Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, like, yeah, that's the scene when the Hulk comes out and he's like, "I'm always angry." Um, but I was glad. I mean, you know, the mid credit scene, you see Thanos for the first time, and obviously it's not Josh Brolin because he wasn't cast until Guardians, so. You know, that was cool that, like, that's the one thing I liked is, like, the slow buildup over years to what we got to 
Infinity War and Endgame started with this movie because it's still referenced in Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. So obviously an Endgame, but I mean, yeah, it is, it is a movie. It is, I mean, it's, it's, it was important and I get why a lot of people like it, but I mean, I don't think I couldn't believe it broke $200 million opening weekend. That was fucking crazy. Um, I, I knew it would make a lot of money, but 200 million was like unheard of. And then, you know, end game seven years later does like 350 million. So it's only a matter of time. Um, yeah. I mean, not great, but I do. Um, <laughs> I have other movie wire news to report. Sure. Yeah. Let's talk other movies and other shit. I saw two movies this weekend, one in theaters. I went back to the theaters. What? Uh, what? Was it over a year since you went back? Like, yes, the last movie I saw in theaters was Birds of Prey. Oh wow! Okay. Um. So that it's 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 been a while. <laughs> I'm a sucker for stains, so if you <laughs> that just threw me off. What? What? And everything I can't remember. <laughs> um, uh, I saw a Quiet Place too in theaters. Yes, I, I got to go in theaters to see that. I'm not going to do Paramount Plus. It was an incredible theater experience. Um, it, you know, if you've seen a Quiet Place one, then obviously you know that the movie. Um, there are long portions of the film that are completely silent. Mm. Um except for you know residual like you know crickets chirping or birds or right. you know um wind blowing um and and you know i came to the first one a little late so it kind of the first one kind of fell victim to the hype machine for me mm. where i was like okay like it's good but it's not like this fucking you know it's not this fucking masterpiece it was unique yeah um, but I think this, I think this movie, it, it does what a lot of good sequels do where it just, it, all it does is continue the story, right? Mm. It doesn't worry about, um, expanding the universe. It doesn't worry about franchising. It's just here, where, here is where we left these people. Here's where they are now. Start. Let's go. Um, hmm. The only, the first 10 minutes of the movie is in flashback. It's, I think it's the one scene you see in the teaser, right? Right. The first 10 minutes of the movie all takes place on, on day one. Right. Um, you know, if you've seen the last movie, there God, are, that trailer was horrifying. There are days, there are days that come up throughout okay. the film to kind of mark where they're at. So I believe the first scene in the movie is on day like 68. Um, so the mm. first scene in um, a quiet place Two is day one and you get awesome. to see, and you get to see the, the very beginning of, of the, I don't know how to invasion, I guess. Um, their arrival or whatever. Yeah. Their arrival. Mm. Um, and it's, it's pretty fucking cool. And then, um, yeah, it's just, you know. What would you give it score-wise if you could? Um, I'd probably give it an 88. 
Um, and then um, yesterday, um, I went to Hulu to look for something to watch, and I found this uh, little movie called Plan B. Um, heard of it, <laughs> and it it's straight up it's straight up wonderful. Um, there have been a string of these movies weirdly lately about uh, young women trying to get contraception. Um, you know, there's been the serious take of, of never rarely, sometimes always, which I, I haven't seen, but I would like to check out. I've heard good things. Um, there's, um, Unpregnant on HBO Max, which is more of a comedic take. Uh, and this one's more of a comedy. Um, it's directed by Natalie Morales, who, um, who is an actor. You, if, if you've watched Parks and Rec, um, she's she plays Lucy, who is Tom's Tom's long term love interest. Uh, yeah, like in the later seasons. Well, yeah. mid, mid to late, yeah, mid to late seasons. She's mm-hmm. she's in like season three, and then I think she goes away for a while, and she comes back at the end. Yeah. Um, um, but it it's it's wonderful. Um, it's it's a it's you know it. It's closest parallel is sex drive, but it punches a lot higher than sex drive. You know, sex drive, um, sex drive settles, you know, sex drive kind of grabs a lot of low hanging fruit. Yeah. Um, Even though I think, even though I think parts of those, even though I think parts of that movie are brilliant. um, Seth Green is the Amish guy is, is, yeah is fucking awesome that that's like one of the better bits in that movie i don't think seth green makes a movie worse no he did it just enough to make it better yeah um and he's just as like the foul mouth amish mechanic (laughs) yeah it that was a good bit but you know a lot of it is just kind of like dick jokes and like a lot of those teen comedies are right you know it's very of its time and this movie this movie is it's a lot smarter um the two uh the two lead performances are incredible um there's a side so i should probably say what the movie's about um if you haven't guessed from the title and like what i've been talking about um two teen girls basically have to drive across south dakota to try to get the plan b pill because they go to their local pharmacy um where a uh, where the pharmacist denies them the Plan B pill because of a very real thing called the Conscious Clause, where a um, a medical professional can deny contraception to a minor if he feels that it goes against his morality. So this pharmacist denies these girls Plan B, um, deny these girls the sale of Plan B, and they have to, and then they decide to go to the only Planned Parenthood in South Dakota, which is over three hours away. <laughs> and hijinks ensue. Interesting. Uh, but it's a, it's a very, it's a very sweet movie. Um, it's so, it's very funny. Um, the two lead performances are very good. Um, Natalie Morales, I think is a, I think is a natural behind the camera. 
Um, she doesn't do anything. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't reach, you know, she's not pulling out any tricks. Like she's not doing a, a Spielberg dolly shot or a tracking shot or, you know, anything that like first time directors do to kind of show their chops. Right. Right. It's very, um, it's very, it, it's craftsman. Like it's very like, this is a teen movie. This is what you're going to get. And it kind of builds on um, the New York times, the New York times review called it like built on a familiar chassis. Mm. And I think, you know, it's, it's very much, you know, it's a teen road trip movie, um, but it it very much separates itself. There's a lot of good uh, bit parts from uh, established comedians uh, the the pharmacist who denies them Plan B that uh, is the catalyst for this adventure is uh, is Jay is Jay Sandrick Sekar, who is uh, one of the Broken Lizard guys. Uh, good old Jay. And you know uh, Rachel Dratch, um, <laughs> Edie Patterson from the White from the Righteous Gemstones. Uh, I forget his name, but. If you watched College Humor at its peak, you'll recognize one of the guys in it. Um, I have to look up his name. It's driving me crazy. Um, but if you... God damn it. Stall for me. Uh, oh, Josh Rubin. Okay. Uh, he has a bit part in the movie. Um, you know, if you watched the... Um, if you watch the college humor series, like the six girlfriends you'll have in college or uh, the six girls you bring home to Thanksgiving, uh, you'll recognize him from the, uh, from the top, you know, from the peak of, from the peak of college humor. Um, He was a big part of that, of that crew with Jake and Amir and, and Adam Conover and those guys. Okay. So it was nice to see him. Uh, but yeah, this, uh, I highly recommend it. It's on Hulu. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. Uh, the two lead performances by Kuhu Verma and Victoria Morales. Um, Victoria Morales had me rolling on the floor. She's so fucking good in this movie. Mm. Um, Let's check it out. Let yeah. It it's, it's very fucking funny. There's, uh, there's this great bit. Um, in sex ed where they're watching an abstinence video it's fucking awesome like it's so good uh it rivals it rivals the sex ed scene in varsity blues where uh vanderbeek <laughs> is just listing off all the euphemisms for boner <laughs> <laughs> holy shit i haven't watched that movie in so fucking long on hbo max baby um we no, watch- well, i don't want your life your life John Voight, all-time prick in that movie too. Oh, he's an all-time prick in real life. So yeah, life imitates art, imitates life. We we went to see Cruella in theaters. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I can't pleasant surprise. I, I can't fucking believe the beginning of that movie. <laughs> oh, did you did you see it or did you hear about it? It got it it, it got onto Twitter. <laughs> oh, we're you're talking about this, right? Yeah, someone with Premier Access. Uh, oh, someone that... with Premier Access risked uh, risked the lawsuit by the mouse to, 
put it up on Twitter. I saw part of uh, Fast Nine on TikTok, and I got mad because that's that's out overseas, and I want to see it. Um, but yeah, we we watched it. I thought it was pretty good. Like, I watched that first trailer, and I'm like, hmm, hmm. I've seen this movie before. Hmm. A, a person with a little with a troubled past goes crazy, huh? Like, you want to know how I got these spots? I'm the Cruella, baby. <laughs> I'm the Cruella, baby. And then, like, uh, I made a meme. Like, Cassie's so pissed that I did this, but I made a meme like, you think it's funny that you kidnapped those dogs and threatened to kill them? I do. And, and I'm, I'm tired, tired of pretending not. That it's not. Um, uh, look, Joker's a tough movie, but I got Joker vibes from it. Like, you can tell certain parts. And if you, it's worth watching. It is worth watching. I thought it was a, a, a good movie. Um, Paul Walter Hauser, Michigan native, Grand Rapids, Michigan native, is uh, Horace, I think. And, uh, you know, and there's Jasper, Joel Fry, but Emma Stone and Emma Thompson. Uh, it's so great watching those two just like talk so much shit to each other. And it's like a bit of duel. It's like a duel on screen for like an hour and 40 minutes. It's, I thought it was pretty good. And I'm not a 101 Dalmatians fan at all. I'm not one of the Dalmatian stands, you know, the Dalmatian hive out there. But, um, you know, Cruella was a pleasant surprise. And because um, I know we need to go see Quiet Place. We need to go. I want to go see Spiral. I heard it sucks, but I'm a sucker for Saw movies. And obviously Conjuring comes out. And I think that's a movie that if you feel comfortable, you should go see in a theater. The devil, the devil will be making people do it. Yeah. I didn't see the first two conjurings in theaters, so I, I'm saying that about the third one. But um yeah, I'm excited. I mean, movies are coming back. Like they're uh, better you're back. Yeah. As as Tom Cruise once said, the movies. <laughs> Did you I don't know if you watch Cassie watches SNL, so I kind of like tune in and out. Um <laughs> they did a pretty decent skit this the last episode i think anya taylor joy hosted the last uh the season finale and beck bennett dresses up as vin diesel and it's like amc welcomes you back to the movies and vin diesel's sitting there like welcome back to the movies you miss all the great stuff about it the popcorn the sticky the sticky floors going to the bathroom an important part like it's five minutes of him just the, the 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 things you miss about the movies just get worse and worse and worse. It's worth it's worth checking out. It... Uh, my uh, my favorite. Um, yeah, man, it felt so good to be back in the theaters. Like it was, I missed it so much. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, well, and I went like back for Godzilla vs Kong, but this felt more. Well, you went back for ten. You went back for Tenant. Yes, I did not get COVID from Tenet, no matter what the haters and losers, of which there are many, say. I did not get COVID from Tenet. There are, um, there are many haters and losers who, who make fun of us for talking about movies on, on the Big Warrior podcast. There are, there are a lot. There are a lot. Eh, whatever. There's nothing MSU to talk about besides – we let Will and Matt do that. We, we stay in our lane. Yeah, we do our thing. It hurts nobody. Uh, it, it, it helps the – it grows the economy. Um, Helps everybody. Hurts nobody. I almost bought tickets to Fast 9 today. I when when I saw that 
when I saw that car turn to a rocket ship, I about shit my pants. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I, I just, I, remember, I think we were talking about it last year. I'm like, I think they're going to space. I saw the trailer. <laughs> uh, I saw a TV spot for it uh, oh, before cool. I uh, before I came in to record with you, and the final scene of the TV spot is like Dom like hooking his car onto a cable and just driving it off a cliff. <laughs> And he's just like free swinging, only guided by the cable off a cliff. Like motherfucker, that's, you have a son. That's so awesome. Like I loved it that I know like the first handful of movies were written by one dude. I'm like, this is just one dude's fan fiction of like cool shit. He like got he dreamt about or like got high and thought of. Like it's so awesome. And these movies are just dumb, stupid action. But fuck, they entertain the shit out of me. And like. Like Hobbs and Shaw, the rock's pulling a, a helicopter with one of his hands. He's pulling a Steve Rogers. <laughs> yes. like, I mean, what more do you want out of these movies? Like, I, I can't wait for Fast 9. It's it's going to be so goddamn stupid, but fuck, it's going to be fun to talk about if we get to it. Like, it really is. Yeah. And, and I am going to be so annoyed because Universal... I remember people joking about this for years. Like they wanted a Jurassic World Fast and Furious crossover and Universal apparently wants it. Fuck it. I want it. Give it to me. I don't got friends. I got raptors. And then <laughs> and behind, his, behind his Camaro, he's got a pack of raptors leading the way. Hmm. Maybe that's Fast 10. Because I know there's one more. There's supposedly a 10th movie coming next year, 2023. You know, you got you got to close out the saga the right way. You gotta you gotta end Fast and Furious on a on a great on a great note. It's just too acclaimed and too loved. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh my god. I could talk fast. And, I could do a whole podcast just like just the, the dumb shit in those movies is just so fucking great. I can't wait. I mean, it's been 20 fucking years. I was thir- I was 12 when the first one came out, and I'm about to turn 34. Like, it's just, it's crazy. I remember going to see that in theaters and thinking, oh, that was a cool little movie, and then here we are 20 years later. Insane. Can't wait. Bart Scott, can't wait. All right, Lucas, that does it for me this week. Um, yeah, I think, we're, I think we're good. So next week is, uh, you want to do Iron Man 3 next week? Yes, we're doing okay. Iron Man 3 next week. And mine, for the people who are doing this with us, the millions of people doing the watch with us, is Guardians of the Galaxy. That's mine for Phase 2. Phase, Yeah, Phase 2. Okay. All right, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, let's do it, baby. Let's uh, go. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Uh, Lucas, go green. Go white. Sean, I love you, baby.